0: Hey, hey, you are listening to the 5K Every Day in the Month of May 2021 podcast. I am Jeff Pullen, and it is Christmas in May. Today we will be reading the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke, so it only seemed appropriate to start off with a little Christmas music to help us get into that Christmas spirit. Yesterday was the second official check-in, so if you haven't yet checked in, be sure to go to my website, www.jeffpullamusic.com, and click on the blog tab and find yesterday's blog post called 5K May 2021 Check-In Number 2. Follow the simple instructions to get yourself checked in. You don't want to put in the miles and end up missing the prize speaking of the check-in our next check-in will be on May 30th so you have a while before that happens again but I want to encourage you to go to the check-in number two blog post and just spend some time reading through the comments there are a lot of people who are still in this challenge and the things they are sharing about what they have been learning about themselves about Jesus or about life during this challenge are truly inspirational do yourself a favor do them a favor do us all a favor and head over there to read some of those comments and consider taking the time to offer a few replies it feels good to know that we are in this challenge together doesn't it i was reading through the comments and some of them made me laugh some of them were really touching we are all on our own individual journey with the 5k every day in the month may 2021 challenge but we are also journeying together i think that's pretty cool so take a moment to encourage a fellow 5k mayor either through the blog comments or on the facebook group page or even through strava in fact As you're reading through the comments and seeing the names, maybe take a moment to even pray for a few people that God would continue to strengthen them for the journey. I have truly enjoyed this challenge so far, and believe it or not, at exactly halfway through your walk and or run today, you are exactly halfway through the challenge. That is amazing. You're doing so good. Keep it up. You can and you will complete this challenge. Hundreds of us are rooting for you. And to help you get going today for this special Christmas in May podcast episode, how about a Christmas song from Pull and Band? The song is called Rejoice, Heaven Came Down.
1: Love came down from God on high. The king of all kings was born on a silent night. Everything changed A baby's cry rings out through the night It's the voice of the Savior Who came to make everything right Everything right Heaven came down. Rejoice, heaven came down to us. Rejoice, heaven came down. Rejoice, heaven came down to us.
0: to love this. I know you will. Well, you better anyway. For this special Christmas in May podcast where we are going to talk about baby Jesus and boy Jesus, I have a very special guest, our very own youngest daughter, Eden. Well, I have with me a very, 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 very extra special guest, Eden Hope Poland, my daughter. How you doing, Eden? Good. Good. And I have you on because you are rocking the 5K every day in the month of May 2021 challenge. Is that right? Yes. Good. And have you gotten in your daily walk in or run every day so far? Yes. Good. That's amazing. And how old are you?
2: Six. Six
0: years old. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. So how do you get your daily walk or run in if you're only six years old?
2: one of my siblings to go with me around the allotment
0: oh that's pretty cool good and i'm curious why did you decide to do the 5k every day in the month of may 2021 challenge
2: so that i could get a (laughs) t-shirt
0: that is a true story for anybody who is listening she asked me if i would give her a t-shirt even if she doesn't do it and i said no why would you want a shirt that says you did a 5k every day in the month of May if you didn't actually do a 5k every day in the month of May? And so she said, well, then I'm going to do it. And I said, why? And she said, so I can get a t-shirt. And you've been killing it, haven't you? Yes. I love it. It's so good. Have you also been doing the daily Bible reading?
2: Yes. How
0: have you been doing that? Have you been doing it through the podcast or are you just pulling out the Bible and reading your little six-year-old self?
2: I've been listening to the podcast.
0: Do you like it
2: yes
0: what's your favorite part about it
2: probably listening to the music
0: (laughs) you like the music more than you like the bible yeah oh okay well you know you're six and plus all of the music is kind of inspired from the bible anyway so i'm going to give you a pass all right well as potentially our youngest 5k may 2021 participant i'm sure that you have all kinds of wisdom and knowledge and experience to share with our listeners. So what kind of encouragement or knowledge would you like to pass on to all of the podcast listeners today?
2: Well, if you are doing very hard work to um, get done, then you should keep it up so that you can be done and get a t-shirt. I (laughs) think
0: that's the best advice I have ever heard. Thank you so much for spending time with
2: me. You're
0: welcome. Well, there you have it. Great advice from a six-year-old 5K mayor. And with that, let's go ahead and jump back into the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 2. At that time the Roman Emperor, Augustus, agreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinus was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for this census, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God and high It was just as the angel had told them. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus the name given him by the angel before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple, so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus's parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sore will pierce your very soul. Anna a prophet, was also there in the temple. she was the daughter of Fenuel from the tribe of Asher and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on. On him. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother had said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search? he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. I love the gospel of Luke. If I had to choose a favorite gospel, it would be Luke's. One of the things that makes the Gospel of Luke stand out is the fact that he goes back to the beginning of the life of Jesus. It is in Luke's Gospel that we get a much clearer picture of the humanity of Jesus. I think that sometimes we forget that Jesus was fully man. Yes, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. We've talked about this at length here on the podcast. But we tend to think that Jesus was born pre-programmed with infinite Bible knowledge and perfect understanding of all things, and that is simply not true. We see a glimpse of the humanity of Jesus towards the end of Luke 2. It says this, The child Jesus grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. That's Luke 2 verse 40. Jesus literally had to grow up and become strong. Luke tells us here that the boy was filled with wisdom, which is true, but it's not the kind of filled that we may be tempted to think of. You could say that someone is full of wisdom figuratively, but they would not be full of wisdom literally. In Luke 2.40, the writer is telling us that Jesus was figuratively full of wisdom. He was growing and showing himself to be wise. Luke is not trying to say that there was nothing more for the boy to learn, but that he was fully committed to learning. Now, how do I know this is true? Well, Luke 2.52 makes my case pretty clear. This is what it says. Jesus grew up in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all people. Now, how could Luke mean that Jesus was literally full of wisdom in the 40th verse? but then tell us that Jesus grew in wisdom in the 52nd verse. It doesn't work like that. Luke is telling us in the 40th verse that the boy Jesus was full of wisdom and that he was very wise, but not that he knew everything. In the 52nd verse, we see that the boy Jesus, who was already very wise, continued to grow in wisdom. This is incredible. Jesus was completely human, just like us. He was God, yes, but he did not operate in his divinity. In fact, Paul, Luke's buddy, later tells us Christ Jesus, though he was God, did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. That's from Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8. This idea of Jesus setting his deity aside and living fully as a human, never pulling his God card, is referred to as the kenosis of Jesus. He literally relinquished his divine nature in being born as a human. He lived his life fully as a human. None of his miracles, knowledge, or abilities that we see from him while he physically walked the earth came from him being God they came from him being connected to God the Father through prayer and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the amazing news is that the same Spirit who lived in Jesus and raised him from the dead and the same Father whom Jesus constantly communed with through prayer is available to us today. I mean, that's incredible. Does this mean that we can actually live like Jesus, walk like Jesus, and do the same things that Jesus did? Actually, It means that as we connect with God the Father and walk in the power of His Holy Spirit, we can and should do even greater things. How can I say that? Well, in just a little bit, we're going to be in the Gospel of John. And in John 14, verse 12, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Chapter 3. It was now the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, the Roman emperor. Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea, Herod Antipas was ruler over Galilee, his brother Philip was ruler over Eturia, and Trachonitis. Lysanias was ruler over Abilene. Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. At this time a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. Then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled and the mountains and hills made level. The curves will be straightened, and the rough places made smooth. And then all people will see the salvation sent from God. When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee the coming wrath. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, We're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. The crowds asked, What should we do? And John replied, If you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, Teacher, what should we do? And he replied, Collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. And John replied, Don't extort money or make false accusations. And be content with your pay. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their questions by saying, "I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire." John used many such warnings as he announced the good news to the people. John also publicly criticized Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, for marrying Herodias, his brother's wife, and for many other wrongs he had done. So Herod put John in prison, adding this sin to his many others. One day, when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit, in bodily form, descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, "You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy." Jesus was about thirty years old when he began his public ministry. Jesus was known as the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Heli. Heli was the son of Methat. Methat was the son of Levi. Levi was the son of Melchi. Melchi was the son of Jani, Jani was. The the son of Joseph, Joseph was the son of Mattathias, Mattathias was the son of Amos, Amos was the son of Nahum, Nahum was the son of Esli. Esli was the son of Negai, Negai was the son of Maeth, Maeth was the son of Mattathias. Mattathias was the son of Simeon. Simeon was the son of Josech. Josech was the son of Joda. Joda was the son of Joanan. Joanan was the son of Reshi. Reshi was the son of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the son of Sheltiel, Sheltiel was the son of Neri. Neri was the son of Melki. Melki was the son of Addi. Addi was the son of Kosam. Kosam was the son of Elmadam. Elmadam was the son of Er. Er was the son of Joshua. Joshua was the son of Eleazar. Eleazar was the son of Jorim. Jorim was the son of Methat. Methat was the son of Levi, Levi was the son of Simeon, Simeon was the son of Judah, Judah was the son of Joseph, Joseph was the son of Jonam, Jonam was the son of Eliakim, Eliakim was the son of Melea. Meli was the son of Mena. Mena was the son of Mattatha. Mattatha was the son of Nathan. Nathan was the son of David. David was the son of Jesse. Jesse was the son of Obed. Obed was the son of Boaz. Boaz was the son of Salmon. Salmon was the son of Neshan. Neshan was the son of Aminadab. Aminadab was the son of Admin. Admin was the son of Arni. Arni was the son of Hezron. Hezron was the son of Perez. Perez was the son of Judah. Judah was the son of Jacob. Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. Abraham was the son of Terah. Terah was the son of Nahor. Nahor was the son of Serug. Sarug was the son of Reu. Reu was the son of Peleg. Peleg was the son of Eber. Eber was the son of Shela. Shelah was the son of Canaan. Canaan was the son of Arphaxab. Arphaxab was the son of Shem. Shem was the son of Noah. Noah was the son of Lemek. Lemek was the son of Methuselah. Methuselah was the son of Enoch. Enoch was the son of Jared. Jared was the son of Mahalel. Mahalel was the son of Kenan. Kenan was the son of Enosh. Enosh was the son of Seth. Seth was the son of Adam. Adam was the son of God. There is a lot going on here in Luke 3. One thing that is so fascinating about Luke's account is the amount of backstory he offers. We find out quite a bit about John the Baptist from Luke's Gospel. Check out the incredible amount of detail that Luke provides here at the beginning of Luke 3. He says, It was now the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, the Roman emperor. Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea. Herod Antipas was ruler over Galilee. His brother Philip was ruler over Eteria and Trachonitis. Lysanias was ruler over Abilene. Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. At this time, a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who was living in the wilderness. That's Luke 3 verses 1 and 2. He goes into even further detail as he offers insight into John's message. It is also interesting that Luke, who is Greek, tells the reader that John the Baptist is the one that the Jewish prophet Isaiah spoke of when he said... He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled and the mountains and hills made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. And then all people will see the salvation sent from God. That's Luke 3 verse 4 through 6. Luke's non-Jewish background is likely a factor in many of the details he chooses to share. Did you notice any difference in the lineage Luke provides as compared to the lineage that Matthew provided? One of the most obvious differences is that Luke seems to trace Jesus' lineage through Joseph rather than through Mary. Because of that, many of the names are a little off in comparison to the lineage provided by Matthew, especially as you get further away from David and closer to Jesus. That is interesting, but I think the most interesting difference, which is probably also the most obvious difference, even though you may have never noticed it, is that Luke takes the lineage all the way back to Adam. Matthew only took the lineage back to Abraham. Why? What's going on here? Well, I'm actually really glad that you asked. The answer is pretty cool. Matthew is Jewish. The Jewish nation came not only from Jacob, who was later named Israel, but really from Abraham. Remember in the Old Testament how people would refer to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Matthew's big point that he is making throughout his gospel is that Jesus was the promised Jewish Messiah. The Messiah came to save the Jews. Luke, on the other hand, is making the big point that Jesus did not come to save the Jews only, but to save the world. The Jewish lineage came through Abraham, but everyone in the whole world came through the lineage of Adam. As we continue through the Gospel of Luke, let's remember that he is presenting the case that Jesus brought salvation for all people, not just the Jews. This truth is made clear in one of the verses that we already looked at. Remember Luke 3 verse 6, then all people will see the salvation sent from God. Chapter four, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan river. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, The scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went. As usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath, and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them The scripture you've just just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be? They asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Then he said, You will undoubtedly quote me this proverb. Physician, heal yourself. Meaning, do miracles here in your hometown like you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And many in Israel had leprosy in the time of the prophet Elisha, but the only one healed was Naaman, a Syrian. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. There, too, the people were amazed at his teaching, for he spoke with authority. Once, when he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, cried out, shouting, Go away! Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet! Come out of the man, he ordered. At that the demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched. Then it came out of him, without hurting him further. Amazed, the people exclaimed, What authority and power this man's words possess! Even evil spirits obey him, and they flee at his command! The news about Jesus spread through every village in the entire region. After leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went to Simon's home, where he found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged. Standing at her bedside, he rebuked the fever, and it left her. And she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everyone. Many were possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command, shouting, You are the son! of God! But because they knew he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched everywhere for him, and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. So he continued to travel around preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. My wife and I had the privilege of traveling to Israel with an excellent Bible teacher by the name of Dale Keffer in 2013. It was an amazing, eye-opening trip. I had the pleasure of traveling to Israel again in 2017 with Sun Life Ministry, and my wife and I traveled together to Israel again with Sun Life in 2019. I was actually supposed to be in Israel in March 2020, but the COVID-19 pandemic put a full stop to those plans. I hope to lead trips to Israel with the Jeff Pullen Music Ministry starting in 2022. Hopefully by then the current COVID and political unrest messes will be cleared up. Pray for Israel. I really believe that God has a special place in his heart for the Israeli people and that his hand of protection is over the Holy Land. Also, if you'd be interested in being a part of that trip in 2022, let me know. I can say from firsthand experience how incredible it is to be in the Holy Land and to walk where Jesus walked. At one point on the Sun Life trip, we took a hike through the Wadi Kelt in the Judean wilderness. It was a several mile hike on a fairly small, rocky, mountainous path. We stopped at a bit of a clearing along the way to talk about Jesus' 40 days of being tempted in that same wilderness that we were currently hiking through. The devil tempted Jesus with what really amounted to trying to get him to live out of his divinity instead of living out of his humanity. The devil said to him, If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. That's Luke 4 verse 3. It could have become a bread market up in there. Jesus easily could have done what the devil had suggested. He was hungry and there were plenty of stones. But throughout his life, including there in the wilderness, Jesus never pulled the God card. Everything that he did, he did as a man walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. He never relied on his godness or divinity while on earth. Instead, he relied on the Holy Spirit. We mentioned this passage from the Apostle Paul earlier in the podcast, but I think it's worth bringing up again. In Philippians 2:5 through8, Paul reminded the Philippians and us to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. That was Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8 again. Jesus emptied himself and relied on the Holy Spirit. That same Spirit is alive in us today. Holy Spirit dependence is ultimately found and lived out on our knees, praying, spending time alone with the Father, just like Jesus did. Obedient living will be the natural result. Doing what we see the Father doing just like Jesus did. Studying and knowing the Word of God will be a practical way to be directed by God. We need to know and to live out the Scriptures like Jesus did. Evidence of this life in the Spirit will be seen in relationships of love and integrity as we extend the Father's love to others just like Jesus did. Without Holy Spirit dependence, nothing else really works. None of this is possible without the Spirit of God at work in our lives. The good news is that for those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, He has sent us His Holy Spirit. We can do even greater things than He did, just like He said we would in John 14, 12, when we rely on the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus did, and when we grow in wisdom and in favor with God and men, just like Jesus did. That's what I want for my life. And I'm guessing that is what you want for your life as well. To send you out today, here is a song I wrote called Fire Fall Down, asking the Holy Spirit to come and have His way in our lives.
1: Let your fire fall down As your people cry out Holy Spirit, come and renovate our lives We are with For light to shine through, pierce the darkness with your fire from the skies. Let your fire fall. Let your fire fall. assembled here to praise and in our brokenness we Won't turn back. Oh, we won't turn back. No, we won't turn back. Let your fire fall down as your people cry out. Holy i